The Tennis Gambling Podcast and the Sports Game Podcast Network is brought to you by Game Time, your home for the lowest price last minute tickets. Download the Game Time app today and use promo code SGPN for $20 off. We're also brought to you by Rug Fantasy. Sign up today using promo code SGPN, and then go to sportscampodcast.com slash dog to enter our uh, bonus contest. Five winners will receive shirts, hats, and a $50 SGPN gift card. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, sports and reach platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit HOFBets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Game Podcast. Now, it is currently early Sunday morning, roughly 1.45 a.m. Eastern Time on February 25th. I'm your host, Zoe Scott Rochelle, once again going solo for this pod. Should be a fun episode, a very short episode, though. Only one match to talk about. We have the final in Rio and ATP 500. So we're going to preview the matchup between Baez and Navone in a second. But before we continue that, I do want to take care of some housekeeping. I want to remind everybody to hit the like button, subscribe on YouTube. Also, a reminder to rate and review the podcast on Spotify or Apple. Plus, a reminder that we have merch on the SGPN merch store. Uh, so if you want to buy a shirt, if you want to buy a mug for to support the tennis show, basically, then you know where to find the merch. It is on the SGPN merch store on the website. Now, as for the actual uh, recap from the matches on Saturday, going to start off with the lock and dog picks. Starting off with the lock, ended up having a nice win with Kishanov minus two and a half against Mensik in the Doha final as we ended up cashing the minus 130 price there. Match went the way that I thought it would. I thought that Mensik and Kishanov were pretty similar stylistically, but I thought that Kishanov would look a lot sharper since Mensik had been playing so many hours on court compared to Kishanov. Kishanov did not drop a set the entire tournament, and I thought that Mensik would keep it close early, then kind of fade a bit late, and Kishanov ended up winning the first set in a monster breaker. I think it was 14-12, and then you saw Mensik immediately have a mental lapse, and he got broken in the first game of the second set. Kishanov not only did not get broken, but he did not face a single break point. So Kishanov had a pretty much a perfect match by his standards, and he got the job done there. So a nice job by Kishanov. For the dog, though, picked up a pretty rough beat there for the uh, for a loss there on the dog. Had buys and Sarandolo over two and a half sets of plus 135. Sarandolo had three separate set points in the first set, blew all of them, then eventually lost the last nine games. Uh, Sarandolo got injured shortly thereafter. And then he, you could tell he just couldn't really move, and Baez destroyed him in the second set. Point is, though, anytime you can get a guy with three set points to b- lose the first set, and then he ends up getting killed in the second set, is pretty unfortunate. We were very close to a plus-135 dog. Didn't get there, but at least Kashanov got the job done. Twofold, actually, because not only did he cash us the lock, he also cashed us the outright, because we gave out Kashanov plus-600. Twin Doha, and he got the job done there. So thank you, Kashanov, for a very nice week, and hopefully keep it rolling in the upcoming tournaments. So Kashanov did his part. Unfortunately, Sarundalo, injury-wise, did not do us any favors. And that's kind of the story of Rio transitioning over to the Rio semifinals. So you're looking at the matches, and they were two pretty underwhelming semis. Big reason, injuries. I mentioned a second ago, Sarundalo got injured, and he got bageled in the second set because of it. Nori was really not healthy for the entire match, which seemed kind of out of the blue, but it seemed like he was struggling a bit with the overall heat in Brazil, and he kept calling for the physio. I think he did a couple games into the match, so Nori's outright went up in flames for us, but the point is Nori ended up really no-showing the match just based on uh, not being fully there physically. Navone was fine. He didn't really have to do anything, to be honest, because Nori was so 
out of sorts that Navona just kept trying to make the points long and physical, and Nori's body couldn't handle it. So Navona ended up winning that match a 6-4, 6-2. So I'm going to preview the final in a second, but the point is the semis are tough to analyze because both of the winner's opponents ended up getting injured. So it was kind of, I don't want to say easy pickings, but still, the point is you didn't exactly have to see great efforts from Baez or Navone because their opponents just fell apart. That's kind of really the point. So it's going to be an interesting final, kind of an unexpected final between Baez and Navone. Should be fun, though. Navone's first ever ATP uh, final, and it's Baez's first ever ATP 500 final. So it should be pretty intense. I'll, I'm not going to lie, I'll be a little bit annoyed if Navone ends up winning the event because I gave him out to win Cordoba. So Diaz Acosta and Navone, I gave out to win Cordoba, and they each might win the following two clay events. So I might get a bit annoyed. But either way, point is, uh, Navone has been a solid player, and Baez being in the finals, not exactly a shock. So I'll see what happens, but I'll preview that match in a second. However, I do have to get into the actual uh, recap of the other tournament that we barely covered this entire week. Los Cabos, and we had a very nice Cinderella run, which was culminated in a straight-set victory by Jordan Thompson, who also won his first-ever ETP title. A lot of first-time winners uh, in the first two months of the ATP season. In 2024, Thompson, though, his run was legendary. Uh, just to go through his actual path to win the event, ended up beating Nava in... Sorry, beat Escobedo in the first round, then beat Nava in the straight sets, then had the miracle comeback against Mickelson, where he was down, I believe it was 0-6-1-4-15-40, I think. He was getting absolutely killed in that match, and then he ended up finding a way to get the job done. Uh, yes, he was down 0-6-1-4-15-40, and he won the match, which is kind of unheard of, but the point is Thompson ended up surviving. Then you thought, okay, well, he beat Mickelson, but he's got to be exhausted because he was on the court for a long time, and, you know, it's Mexico, so... It's going to be very physical based on how slow the actual courts play. And yeah, he showed no ill effects of fatigue because he faced off against Zverev in the match after. And that match went three hours and 40 minutes. And he won that match anyway, uh, despite uh, potentially being, once again, battling some fatigue and facing off against a top five, top 10 player. So he pulled off the upset there. And then he beat Rude in the final on Saturday night. Now, the actual stats suggest that Rude might have outplayed him, except on big points. And that's kind of the story of tennis sometimes, where you're looking at Thompson, and he ended up having to fight off 13 break points. He fought off 11 of the 13. Rude, on the other hand, had three break points to face, and he was 0 for 3 at uh, stopping the break. So anytime you get 10 more break points and you lose the match in straight sets, not exactly ideal for Rude. But the point is, the first serve was the story for Thompson, as he ended up winning 80% of the first serve points. Rude won 67%. Uh, Thompson also did better in the second serve uh, percentage, as he won 53% of the second serve points, while Rude won 46 I guess maybe I was being a bit harsh when I said that I thought Thompson was outplayed, but you get my point. Anytime you have 10 more break points and you lose in straight sets, that tells you the match was a lot closer than the actual scoreboard indicates. Rude probably should have won a set, maybe more. Not Thompson's problem, as he got the job done, and he won his first ever ATP title. So congrats to Thompson. Nice job for him. I believe he now has a career-high uh, ranking. I think of 32. I'm not sure of the exact number, but Thompson had a great overall week. 
And once again, another first-time winner. We'll see if we get another first-time winner here on Sunday. But before getting into the actual preview for the Rio Final, do want to take a quick word from our sponsor. We're brought to you by Game Time. I don't know about all of you, but I personally love attending sport events in person. It used to be very annoying to actually find a ticketing platform that I could trust, but that changed once I found Game Time, because Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They have a lot of great features on the app, including my favorite feature, which is the images of seat views, which is very useful because I'm sure we've all been there before. You've bought a ticket. You thought you're going to get a nice view of the action, and then you realize there's an obstruction, a pull, something in your way, and you realize that you just paid money for an event that you could barely see based on the seats that you got. That will not happen with game time because with this feature, you're able to see a preview of the view you would be getting if you ended up purchasing that seat. So you end up knowing exactly what view you're going to get before spending your hard-earned money. It's also worth mentioning that game time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget plenty of months in advance. Game time is deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, theater, comedy, and more. And the game time guarantee also means you'll get the best price available every single time. Because if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So it's not going to take out the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use code SGPN for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code SGPN for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy has a way to plug for fantasy players all season long. NBA, NHL, soccer, and college basketball. Simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. And SGPN is currently teaming up with Underdog to give you even more of a bonus. Sign up between now and the end of the month. And five winners will receive an Underdog hat, an Underdog shirt, and a $50 SGPN gift card. Sign up today using promo code SGPN and then go to sportsgamepockets.com slash dog to enter the contest for your chance to win. And when you sign up with the promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit of $200. So Underdog Fantasy, promo code SGPN. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Just finished recapping the Saturday matches in the ATP. Now it's time for the actual preview of the one match we're going to talk about on Sunday. We are going to look at the final in Rio between Baez and Navone. Now, Baez is a decent favorite, roughly minus 250, while Navone is around plus 190. Over-under for games is set at 21.5. As for game spread, Baez minus 3.5 is minus 133. Navone plus 3.5 is minus 105. As for the set wagering, Baez in straight sets is even money. Navone over 2.5 sets is a plus... Or sorry, Navone and Baez over 2.5 sets is plus 140. And I believe Navone to win a set is around minus 135 give or take. So no head-to-head matches in their respective careers. To go through the actual path of both players, though, Baez has looked pretty comfortable for the most part. Beat Mutet in the first round, 6-4, 6-3. Beat Diaz Acosta, 7-6, 6-3, who was coming off a championship uh, in the previous tournament. You had Baez, who ended up having a three-set marathon against home country Montero. Got the job done, though. Uh, got the job done comfortably, though, into the third set, 6-2. And then he ended up beating Sarandolo, 7-5, 6-0 in the match on Saturday. As for Navone, he went through qualifying. It's pretty rare you see a guy go through qualifying and make the final, but it seems to be happening almost every event of 2024, which is kind of weird, but still. Navone has only dropped two sets, including qualifying, dropped a set to Korea, and then ended up coming back to win that one in three. That was his first round match, I believe, and then ended up uh, coming back from a set down against Fonseca as he ended up winning in three there. But beat Nori in straight sets, beat Hoffman in straight sets, and the point is he's a little comfortable as well. Now, this match should be interesting because you have two conflicting styles. Navone does have a very powerful backhand, 
And I do think the two-hander down the line can be his main weapon of this matchup. Having said that, Baez, we know, is the more proven commodity. He's won several ATP titles on clay before. He won a couple of titles last year on clay. I believe he won three in total because he also won Winston-Salem. But the point is, Baez is the more proven guy. So do I think that's going to play a factor in this? Maybe. But I mentioned before, nerves can be an issue because Baez is in his first ever ATP 500 final, and this will be Navone's first ever ATP final. So nerves could be an issue for both players in this matchup. Now, with the conflicting styles, Navone is willing to have long rallies. He can unload the forehand and the backhand, but he seems to choose to mostly keep the ball in play and to wait for his opponents to kind of self-destruct. Baez, we know, likes to be offensive. He likes to get on a lot of forehands, and I do think that can be the matchup that we're kind of expecting to see uh, kind of determine the entire match. It could be the forehand against the actual ground stroke consistency of Navone, because Baez is willing to run around a lot of backhands. He's willing to unload the forehand for better or worse, which means he can hit a lot of winners or he can hit a lot of errors, and I think Navone is going to be praying for the error portion of it. So it's not really a fair comp, uh, but I think you can make some similarities or find some similarities between Navone and Coria, which is kind of fitting because they faced off in this tournament and Navone did win in three. But Coria was able to beat Baez on a couple of occasions recently by simply put keeping the ball in play and waiting for Baez's erratic forehand at times to self-destruct or waver. And I do think Navone is going to stay with the same game plan. Now, the problem for both players here is that the serves are not exactly great. Now, Baez's serve is better than Navone's. Navone's had some issues when it comes to actually serving, uh, but he's been able to break, so that's kind of been a moot point. But to go through the actual stats for both players in this event, Navone's played two extra matches because of qualifying. Point is, though, if you're going through the actual serve numbers, uh, Navone's first serve percentage is 73%, Baez is 71 The first serve win percentage, though, 66% for Navone, 69% for Baez. So Baez does have the better first serve. Second serve, though, is a big differential. Baez 55% on points one. Navone has 47% of second serve points one. So 8% difference there. Baez does have the better second serve, if that means anything. Now, for the actual return games, Navone has been better, as Navone has won 50% of return points, while Baez has 145. So the points are kind of close there when you actually factor everything in together, which tells me that the stats for both players in this event are kind of identical in a way. So I do think you're going to end up seeing a lot of push and pull from both players in this match. I see a close one. So I am an only to Navone plus the games. The fact is, I have seen Baez's forehand kind of self-destruct quite often recently in some big matches. We saw it against Darderi, for example. We saw it in... The match against Korea, where he got absolutely killed in Buenos Aires. I do think you're looking at Baez being a worthy favorite. I get it. But I think Navone's game can give Baez problems at times. And I think you might end up seeing a longer match because of it. So I am going to lean to the over in this match. I'm going to lean to the over in sets as well at around plus uh, plus 140. If Baez wins in straight sets, would I be shocked? Not entirely. I mean, Baez is the better player. But I do think the Vone's overall game and his overall consistency on both wings can potentially allow him to outlast Baez in some moments, maybe a set. But we've seen Baez's level kind of rise and drop uh, in various matches, and he was pretty fortunate. Both guys were pretty fortunate to actually face off against injured opponents in the semis. Baez had a full set, though, against Sarundolo. And he probably should have lost the set in that one. And then Sarundalo was completely injured and couldn't move. And Baez killed him 6-0 in the second set. 
Navone really barely had to do anything in the match on Saturday because Nori was injured or fatigued immediately, and he coasted. So kind of a really, it's tough to find many takeaways from the semifinal matches just based on the lack of, I'd say, fitness for both of their opponents in the Saturday match. So kind of tough to evaluate, but I do think that Navone can kind of borrow something from the Coria playbook, keep the match competitive, keep it physical, and hope Baez's unforced errors come back to bite him. I think they will at some point, so I am an only to the over. I think Baez probably wins, if I had to guess, but I do think that this might go three, and I would lean to Navone to keep this match very interesting. That's going to wrap it up, though, for the actual preview of the final in Rio. Uh, now it's time to get into the actual lock and dog picks for the show, but before we continue that, I'm going to have a quick word from our sponsor. We're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger by betting smarter NBA season with Hall of Fame Bets. Sports fan analytics platform, parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NBA and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay data and Hall of Fame Bets is a revolutionary optimizer tool to get hit rates working down by leg, as well as expect probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent, dad-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app with HOBets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Just finished previewing the final in Rio taking place on Sunday. Now it's time for the actual lock and dog pick, starting off with the lock. I am going to actually overlap a bit with the lock and dog here. Should be an interesting match, conflicting styles, and just based on how these players have performed so far in this event, I see a pretty even battle. So I am going to go with the over 21 and a half games as my lock at minus 110. Simply put, Baez has had a couple marathons. Two of his last three matches have gone over this total. In fact, it should have been all three but Sarundolo got injured when he had three set points, and that could have definitely been a marathon as well. So Baez has been involved in a couple of longer matches recently in this event. Navone, though, despite being a pretty big underdog for this match, has been in good form. He's won 12 of 14 sets. Now, the one, I'd say, issue is that Navone might be extremely defensive in these points, and Baez could potentially push him around, but I do think that Baez can hit a lot of unforced errors, and Navone's consistency can result in him finding a groove and at least one set in this match. But I do think that you're looking at a pretty competitive one since Baez and Navone have looked sharp in this tournament. I also went through the serving and returning stats for both players in this event, and they are quite similar. So I definitely think both players are pretty close, a lot closer than what the odds makers indicate. So I do think that's going to result in a longer match on clay. And as a result, I am going to go with the over. A couple ways to get there. Maybe you end up getting a long first set and it goes over based on games, or maybe you end up getting three sets. Point is, a couple ways to get there. I do like the over in this match as my lock. For my dog, I am going to double down basically on the same play. I am going to go with the over in sets at two and a half at plus 140. Simply put, plus 140, I just think it's too high of a number. Uh, you're looking at, once again, Baez as being kind of a bit of a marathon guy. Uh, two of the three matches have gone over this total. Uh, the point is he should have went to three sets against Montero and Sarandolo in the last two rounds because Sarandolo had some chances there to win the first set. So Baez, despite looking sharp as the match has, has uh, progressed, he has been getting off to some interesting starts where he can get off to good starts, could potentially stumble at some point. But the point is Baez has been involved in a couple of up and down performances. And I think that's going to be the case once again against a pretty steady baseliner in Navone in the final. So Baez, I do think, can be susceptible to a couple of downswings in this match, which should result in it going over. Uh, I mentioned before, Navone, though, likes to force long rallies. Baez's forehand can get erratic. And I do think that that uh, Navone's backhand 
can be the equalizer if he's able to locate it down the line. Also, I mentioned before, nerves can be an issue. Devone's first ever ATP final, while Baez is in his first ever ATP 500 final. Nerves can be a problem for both guys, so maybe you'll end up seeing some nerves early. Then it'll fade, and then as one player gets closer to winning, maybe you'll see that person blink or fold. Either way, point is, it's going to be an important match for both guys in their respective careers, and Baez has been involved in a couple of longer matches. Give me the over two and a half sets between these two Argentinians at plus 140. So once again, my picks for the actual show. Kind of an overlap. The lock's going to be on the over 21 and a half games at minus 110 in the Baez and Navone match. And my dog will be on the Baez and Navone over two and a half sets at plus 140. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. We're back once again to preview a couple of ATP events over the next week. So we'll probably be back Sunday night, maybe. We'll see. I'm going to aim for Sunday night and we'll go from there. But until next time, find me on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. Find me on either YouTube uh, with this show or Apple or Spotify. Also, a reminder to leave a rating and a review on Apple or Spotify. A reminder to uh, hit the like button and subscribe on YouTube. Until next time, though, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.